told you a long time ago, you fucking little monkey, not to fuck me. Hey, hey, who the fuck do you think you talk to, huh? Who the fuck do you think I am, you fucking dumb boy? What's up? What's good? Good morning, good evening, good afternoon, good night, wherever you may be. Welcome to another edition of the Mad Nucleus Podcast, and I'm your host, Justin Felton, for those that know and those that don't know. And thank you all again for listening. All right. This past week, there's been some crazy stuff going on this past week with the NFL games. Starting with them having to postpone and rescheduling them a day, two days after their initial scheduled date to play. But I want to start with um, a game I did not address, which was the Chargers and the uh, Chiefs game, which was... The Chargers was in position to beat the Chiefs and all they had to do was just take the field goals when they had them. And instead, they kept trying to go for it on fourth and whatever. And I appreciate the aggressiveness. But I think in some instances, you just take the field goal in certain situations so you don't cost your team points or field position. But that's the beauty of going for it on fourth down. You either get the first down if not a touchdown, a new set of downs, or you cost yourself some potential points. And that's exactly what happened with the Chargers in that Chiefs game. You know, the game was close throughout. They had chances. They didn't beat them. They could have swept the season series, but they did not. Oh, man. All right. The Patriots lost to the Colts. The Colts ran the ball like they promised. Carson Wentz really didn't have much of a game. Oh, hold up, hold up. Didn't I already go through these games? Wait a minute, wait a minute. It was pretty much the preview. Hold up, did I go through these games? Hold up, I'm... What's happening here? What's going on? What's the problem? Because I, I, I seem like I'm having deja vu, but it feels like I didn't go through these games. But the Patriots and the Colts, the Colts coach did what was promised. They ran the ball 30 plus times. Was it 30 plus times? 
Then they forced the Patriots to throw the ball, which is their primary weakness. Score of 27 to 17. And you know how I felt about that. That was the Saturday game. I think I went through that. Okay. We didn't go through the Sunday game, so here we go. The Titans and the Steelers. The Titans had the lead for a big part of this game. They were up 10-3, then it was 13-3. Then the Steelers made a slight comeback. Believe it or not, folks, the Steelers are in this playoff race. But Ryan Tannehill went 23-32, yards, zero touchdowns, one pick. Foreman had a good game, 22 carries, 108 yards. They ran the ball pretty well, but it was just not enough. Was it turnovers? Big Ben, 16 to 25, 148 yards. He didn't do much. He game managed, but the defense, and it seems like the running game didn't do anything, but defense did it all. Defense had to get him back in the game. And I think because they created some turnovers, Steelers win it 19 to 13. Now, when these two teams usually play throughout history, they play games just like this. You know, the old Jeff Fisher days when he had Ed McNair, Eddie Power, George, you know, that defense with Javon Curse and, and, and Blaine Bishop in them. And, of course, with the Steelers when they had Coward, Cordell, you know, um, the old guard, you know, Harrison, Palomalo, those guys. Um. That's exactly what it was, and it's nothing really changed, not a lot of scoring, and that's that. Next up is the Panthers and the Bills. Now, I said these two teams are two teams that can't get out their own way, but the Bills got out of their own way and took care of business, 31-14. to What went on in this game? Let's find out. Cam Newton, 18-38, 156 yards, one touchdown, one pick. Damn, Cam. It seems like uh, you're looking like you belong in the wash crowd along with Big Ben. But you had 15 carries, 71 yards, and a touchdown, so you didn't have too bad overall a bad game. Just not very efficient. Not, not on target, man. Run game was pretty solid for them, but it won't enough. They were playing catch-up this whole game. The Bills, Josh Allen, 19-34, 210, three touchdowns and one pick. Singletary had 22 carries, 86 yards, and a touchdown. Davis had five receptions, 85 yards, two touchdowns. Stephon Diggs had a touchdown. Um... These two teams are so Jekyll and Hyde, man. But, of course, throughout the season, everybody's been pretty much Jekyll and Hyde at one point in the season except for maybe one team. That one team being the Packers. They've been pretty consistent. Yeah, they lost probably uh, two out of the three games they probably shouldn't have lost. But, hey, they've been pretty consistent. You know what they are. But the rest of the league has been pretty inconsistent. 31-14 in that game. But, man, I said what I said, and, well, one team got out the way and the other did not. All right. The Texans at the Jaguars. The Texans take care of the Jaguars 30-16. to Another game that could have went either way because you're talking about two bad teams. 
two bad teams. Mills went 19 to 30, 209 yards, two touchdowns, and a pick. Cooks had seven receptions, 102 t- uh, yards, and two touchdowns. But what about Trevor Lawrence and crew? It don't seem like they did too much better without Urban Meyer, but you can smell the negativity away from Jacksonville. It's out of the air there. Even though they didn't win, Trevor Lawrence went 22 of 38, 210 yards. Robinson, 18 carries, 75 yards, a touchdown. Not much going on in the passing game. But, um, you know, it seemed like they're just relieved that the negativity is gone. But the problem is not gone. That problem being their GM by the name of Trent Balky. Again, do I need to address him? Do I need to waste any seconds or time on him? I mean, this is a podcast. I mean, I don't even think I would dedicate a whole episode on him, but he is still there. He is a major part of the problem, and that's that. Next up, the Cowboys and the Giants. Cowboys, um, you know, did just enough to win. The Giants couldn't get out their own way because their offense is Jekyll and Hyde. You know, Dak Prescott, 28 of 37, 217 yards, one touchdown in the pick. That's a a lot of dinking and dunking for 37 uh, attempts and 28 completed. And you barely got over 200 yards. But, hey, it got the job done. He didn't have to do a whole lot. Pollard had 12 carries, 74 yards. Zeke didn't do a whole lot, but he had a touchdown. 16 carries, 52 yards. Defense pretty much did their thing because the Giants' offense is pretty bad. Mike Glennon, 13 to 24, 99 yards, no touchdowns, three picks. Three picks. They had to sit his ass down. Then comes Jay Fromm. He goes 50%, 6 of 12. 82 yards, no touchdowns, no picks. Nothing much going on there. Booker had a pretty good game, eight carries, 74 yards, but no touchdowns. What a disaster of a game for the Giants. Cowboys take care of business, move on to 10 to 4, 21 to 6. But nothing set in stone yet in the NFC Easy East, but the Giants are not going anywhere. But they must beware of the Eagles, and the WFTs who've been starting to fade a bit. Next up is the Cardinals and the Lions. Now, when I said a few minutes ago that this league is Jekyll and Hyde, much like a lot of the teams been this year, this game is living proof of it. No way in hell does the Lions beat a team like the Cardinals, let alone by more than two scores. 30 to 12, folks. Yes, the Lions. 30 to 12. The 2 and 10 and 1 Lions, 2 and 2 and 11, 2 and 11 and 1 Lions. Monkey stomp, pistol whip, boot smoked the Cardinals, the Arizona Parakeets. But here's the deal. This is an old adage. You want to play a bad team early within the first six weeks of the season and not the last six weeks of the season. They are the most dangerous teams you ever want to face. 
And the Lions got a new attitude. This Lions team is going to fight. They're going to scratch. They're going to claw. They're going to do everything in their will to win games. At least keep it competitive. And the Arizona Cardinals, a.k.a. the Parakeets, won't ready for that kind of smoke. Perfect setup for failure. What went on in this game? Kyler Murray, 23 of 41, 257 yards, one touchdown, one pick. But Colt McCoy gets in the game, 6 of 9, 56 yards. What happened there? Were they benching Kyler because he was playing bad or he wasn't getting the job done? Did he get hurt? I don't know. But because th- I think because this game was over, and the Lions had dominated. They just said, well, just put in Coke, just put in Coke 45. See what he can do, which was absolutely nothing. Nobody could run the ball for uh, the Cardinals. Of course, you know they was going to get something in the air. Kirk had nine receptions, 94 yards, and a touchdown. The Lions. Jared Goff, 21 of 26, 216 yards, three touchdowns and in in no picks. And here's something else that people dismiss. Jared Goff knows the Cardinals. He knows how to play against them. And in fact, some of his best games have been against the Cardinals. Some of his best games have been against the Cardinals. So it should not be a surprise that, you know, he played well against them. But wow, oh wow, nobody would have suspected that. But like I said, you want to play the Lions the first six weeks of the season like my Niners did. We played them opening week, and they still could have beaten us because we took the foot off the gas. But I'd rather play them then than now. They're looking to ruin somebody's season, and uh, it ain't looking too good for the Cardinals, who was a number one seed. Now they may drop to the number four seed or possibly be a wild card because the Rams have picked back up steam a bit. Next game, the Jets, 24, the Dolphins, 31. I suspected the Dolphins was going to win this game in a close battle where they had to, you know, face their division foes. And I didn't expect this much scoring, though, because the Dolphins' defense is very good on the Flores. But it just goes to show that when you face division rivals, just throw everything out the book. Just just throw it out. Just throw it out because you're you liable to get any kind of game. And to see what goes on in this game, Zach Wilson, 13 of 23, 170 yards. No touchdowns, no picks. They put in Cole. He doesn't do nothing but throw a pass, but it doesn't get completed. They didn't run the ball very well. They didn't pass the ball very well, but yet they only lost by seven points. And, you know, not too much was going on on offense. Their defense kept them in, gave them chances. It did some scoring. Tua, 16-27, 196 yards, two touchdowns, two picks. Yeah, he can't turn the ball over and give your division foes any kind of hope. Johnson had 22 carries, 107 yards, two touchdowns. Parker had four receptions, 68 yards, and a touchdown. Yep, Tua. Tua is a competitor. He's a fierce competitor, you know, that has his flaws. But when he's in games, you just can see it. They play better. They feed off his energy. And sometimes that's all you need. He's not perfect. 
he's not the most mechanically sound quarterback, but he gets the job done. He kind of reminds me, and this is not a comparison, but he kind of reminds me of Phillip Rivers minus, you know, the good throwing motion. His throwing motion is is kind of slow, but uh, but his footwork kind of reminds me of Philip Rivers. Philip Rivers' footwork was not all the best, but his throwing motion, his quick release was good, and he had just enough pocket manipulation. But he was more mobile. But as far as you know, footwork and mechanics, that's who he reminds me of. But I'm a huge Philip Rivers fan. But you know, Tua needs. To work on that some more. But the dude, it just seems like he's got the winning, you know, gene, the winning trait, and people give him flack over that. So, next up is the Bengals and the Broncos. Good defensive battle. The Bengals needed this kind of win 15 to 10. Joe Burrow, 15 to 22, 157 yards, one touchdown, no pick. Mixon, 17 carries, 58 yards. Nobody was really. You know, Boyd, five receptions, 96 yards, and a touchdown. This was a defensive struggle where both teams needed it. The Bengals can take command of the AFC North uh, if they win this week's game. The Broncos, they're still in the playoff hunt, but it seems like, I don't know about the Broncos. They're a dangerous team, but, you know, they're, they're like the Falcons and some of these other teams. It's hard to figure them out, man. I don't know. Teddy Bridgewater, 12 of 22, 98 yards. Ain't much there. They get Drew Locke in the game. He goes 50%, 6 of 12, 88 yards, and a touchdown. I don't know what happened there. Maybe they just benched Bridgewater for Drew Locke, you know. Not a lot going on in this game again, ain't um, but I will say that the Bengals might take the division. Whoever wins that division is only going to win it by about a game or a half a game because the Steelers are creeping back into it. And the Browns, you know, they, they're they still hanging around. You know, that, that, that whole AFC North is the second best division behind the NFC West. Only one team in the NFC West is out of it, but the other three are definitely in the mix. But I don't know – if in the AFC North, three teams will get into the playoffs. I don't think. Because there are other te- divisions in the AFC are actually pretty more competitive. Even the AFC East has a chance to get three teams in the playoffs, which I don't think will happen either. But they've been a little bit more competitive the last couple of years as opposed to 20 years. All right. Next up is the Falcons visiting my 49ers. We win it 31 to 13. This was probably one of the two or three best games we played this year besides the Rams and the Jacksonville game where, you know, everything swung our way except for officiating. Officiating has been terrible against us all year. But I won't complain about that because we got the W. Matt Ryan, 19-32, 236 yards, one touchdown, no picks. Gage, eight receptions, 91 yards, and a touchdown. They didn't do nothing against us on the ground. They only had like 60 yards. That's what we do. We punch people in the mouth on defense. We punch them in the mouth on offense. Now let's get to the Niners. Jimmy G, 
18 to 23, 235 yards, one touchdown, no pick. And see, but we also ran the ball well over 30 times with Jeff Wilson Jr. leading the charge. 21 carries, 110 yards, a touchdown. Debo Samuel, a rushing touchdown. Balance. We throw it 25, we rush it about 30. You know, just don't have Jimmy G throwing it 30 times or more because the more he has to throw, the worse it gets. You know, he has to do more thinking. He has to, you know, you know, we don't want him doing that. So it's best that we keep running the ball by committee. And can we use Debo Samuel a little bit less, you know, running the ball because he's more susceptible to get hurt running the ball than he would be a receiver. But can we use our full arsenal of running weapons? Going into the playoffs, if we make the playoffs, can we use our full arsenal? I feel we will make the playoffs, but I would like to see our full arsenal of running weapons all there, whoever's available to run it. All right, next up. The Packers and the Ravens. Man, the Packers, it won't looking good for them in this game, but they, they, they gutted it out. They fought their way out, 131 to 30. This was a good one. The Ravens dropped eight and six. The Packers advanced to 11 and three, and they clinched the NFC North for the hundredth time because nobody's being competitive besides the Vikings in that division. A Rod goes 23 of 31, 268 yards, three touchdowns, no picks. A Rod doing A Rod things. Hmm. Jones. 13 carries, 58 yards. But Dylan, A.J. Dylan, 7, 22 yards, but he gets a touchdown. Valdez Scantling, 5 receptions, 98 yards, 1 touchdown. Adams, Devontae Adams, 6 receptions, 44 yards, 1 touchdown. A lot of scoring in this game. That's what you love if you're an offensive-minded person, like a receiver, like a quarterback. Huntley, this Huntley guy, let me tell you something about him, folks. 28 of 40, 215, two touchdowns, no picks. This guy is a lot like Lamar Jackson, but I think he has better mechanics than Lamar. Now, y'all know I'm a Lamar Jackson fan. I, I've, I've took taken up for him. You know, he's one of the best quarterbacks in the league, but the man has been sick and battling injuries and stuff like that. But they are lucky to have a good backup in Huntley, who seems to be pro-ready. This is a dilemma they're going to have to be faced probably within the next year or so. And it might be a good dilemma to have because they'll have a, a quarterback that's just like their previous quarterback, but seems to have a better throwing motion than their previous quarterback. So Lamar will be forced to work harder, get better. And we'll see because Huntley, I see it in this guy. Much like I see it in Jalen Hurts. Much like I see it in Justin Fields. You see it in Josh Allen. These these mobile quarterbacks who can throw. I see it in these guys. And I see it in Trey Lance too. But his problem is he's less experienced than the rest of them. So he also rushed for 13 Y'all uh, carries 73 yards and two touchdowns. He throws it to Andrews. 10 receptions, 136 yards, two touchdowns. 
They, they seem to got a connection there. Great game, 31 to 30 Packers. Next up, now here's a little topic in this game. But next up is the Saints and the Buccaneers. First time Brady's been shut out in almost 300 games or over 250 games, nine to nothing. I don't even want to get into the details of, of the numbers that went on in this game. I mean, because nothing went on in this game but a bunch of field goals on behalf of the Saints. Tom Brady threw a pick in this game. No touchdowns, of course. But here's the topic. So much that involves this game, but that doesn't involve this game. And in fact, that's going to involve the league because Tom Brady doing his crybaby whining job again about something he can't control. Uh, Chris Godwin, there was a hit on Chris Godwin, which was actually pretty legal where the guy tackled him in the legs in the lower part because, you know, these receivers, they'll jump over you, they, they twist, they turn, they slide. So guys dive at their legs, you know, and it just so happens, you know, he tackled him at the knee, knee buckles and, you know, I guess he got a torn ACL or something like that. And that upset Tom Brady. Tom Brady was not too happy about that, in fact. He complained at the press conference that he's going to have a talk with the NFL PA or about the rules to enforce that the defenders can't tackle nobody down below or something to that effect. And I'm like, Tom, every time something don't go your way, you start whining and crying like a little baby. Stop being a little bitch, bro. They changed every single rule to your favor. They changed every rule to your favor. And in favor of your fellow quarterbacks. These rules, 75% of the rules benefit offense. And I'm being generous by saying 75%, but let's go maybe, let's up it to 80%. Favors offense. They can't water the game down any more than what they water it down. And if they do comply with what he says, then folks, this goes to show you that it is rigged. The sport of football, as you know it, will not be football. It will be flag football. And I can go out and play flag football myself. I ain't played it in a while. I'm a little old, over the hill, but I can play it. Guys just need to take off their helmets, put on those 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 little practice uh, jerseys that look like this what the city workers wear, and put some flags on and play flag football. If they do hear Tom Brady out and comply, if I was on the rules committee, I wouldn't even waste my time. I would just close my ears and and, and not even entertain that. That's ridiculous. Come on, Tom, terrific. you better than this. All this whining and complaining, you better than that, bro. I mean, seriously, though, stop all this whining, bro. You want to be considered the GOAT, but people are not going to respect you more. You keep whining about rules you know you can't control. Can't have everything go your way all the time. You just got to take the L and move on. And in this case, you took not only the L of the game, but you took the L of losing a weapon that you value so much. And I get you know, 
he was one of your primary targets. I get that. But other teams are dealing with the same problem as well. and They're not complaining. It's next man up. Learn that, Tommy. You want to know what Tom Brady's problem is? He's been spoiled his whole career. He's had Bill Belichick, but mo- but mainly he's he's played in a division that wasn't very competitive for 20 years because they barely made him and Belichick bust a sweat. For 20 years, he's been dominating and things have gone his way. Everything has gone his way. And now that something's not going his way, he wants to try to change the narrative and fix it and try to control it. And it just doesn't work like that, man. I use that slogan of the world is not enough for a lot of people. And it seems like Tom is falling into that category. Shape up, Tommy. All right, next. The Raiders visits the Browns and they win 16 to 14, keeping their playoff hopes alive. Derek Carr, 25 of 38, 236 yards, a touchdown and a pick. Jacobs, 15 carries, 52 yards. I Jones, 6 of 67. Nothing there, nothing there. Who did he throw the uh, to the, the touchdown to? Oh, Edwards. Okay. And okay, the Browns. Nick Mullins, 20 of 30, 147 yards, one touchdown, no pick. Oh, Nicky Bullets. I wish he could have panned out with us, but, you know, it didn't work out. So, you know, he didn't play a good game. He didn't play a bad game, but it wasn't enough for them to win. Nick Chubb had 23 carries, 91 yards, and a touchdown. Yep. Two teams on the cusp of being eliminated, but standing in the race. Being eliminated, standing in the race. This is going to be an ongoing theme with these two teams until one of these teams cracks and one of these teams may make it, but both of these teams may not make it. Then both of these teams will make it, but who knows? Who cares? They're not going to beat anybody if they do make the playoffs. Next up, the Vikings at the Bears. The Bears are some kind of awful. Kirk Cousins, 12 of 24, 87 yards, two touchdowns and a pick. Now, Kirk Cousins has kind of faded a bit lately. But they did just enough to win because their defense is good. And Dalvin Cook is uh, being fed the rock 28 times for 89 yards. Justin Jefferson, four receptions, 47 yards, a touchdown. Justin Fields, 26 of 39, 285, a touchdown, no picks. He had a good game. But what was Matt Nagy doing? You got to feed the rock, man. They ran the ball kind of solid, but Montgomery should have been fed more. 18 carries and 60 yards. And now they're calling for Matt Nagy's head. Should they be? Probably so. But uh, let's keep the same energy because he ain't the only coach that's made a bunch of boneheaded decisions this year. And I'm not going to get into that. But yeah, Matt Nagy ain't ain't making his his job and his case any easier with some of the stuff he did in that game. Just, Just awful, man. What in the world? Come on now. You got to be better than that. Next up is the WFTs at the Eagles. The WFTs at one point had the six seed 
when the Niners lost to the Seahawks a couple of weeks ago. And they seemed to have been smooth sailing. They were one of them hot teams that went on the hot streak. And now they've dropped the last two. Now they're out of the race. The Saints and the Eagles and the Vikings are uh, being for the number seven spot and possibly the sixth spot. But granted, if the Niners win tonight, it's safe to say that we would probably have that sixth spot on lock and probably aiming for the fifth spot. But um, the WFTs didn't do themselves no favors. The Eagles did. What went on? Uh, this this Gilbert guy that's starting for the WFTs went 20 of 31, 194 yards, no touchdowns, no picks. He didn't have a good game, didn't have a bad game. One of those game-managing games. Gibson, 15 carries, 26 yards. See, that, that that bothers me because Riverboat Ron, you would probably think, would run the ball more or feed a back more or whoever the best back is more because he's old school. He's Jeff Fisher and Bill Parcells and those guys. So what's going on, man? What's the problem? Riverboat Ron, you're old school like that. You pride yourself off defense and running the game, running the ball, but you're not running the ball. The Eagles, what did they do? Hurts 20 of 26, 296, one touchdown, one pick. Very efficient game, pretty good game, minus the mistake. He also rushed for two touchdowns off of eight carries, 38 yards. Golden, seven receptions, 135 yards, but he didn't get the touchdown. That went to Ward. Yeah, man, the Eagles uh might get that seventh seed. They may. They, I think they'll be battling the Saints and the Vikings for it. And I think uh, if the WFTs lose this game, this next game, they're out. That's what I feel. You know, the race is so close that if you lose one game, you'll find yourself either battling for the last spot or moving, you know, moving down or battling the last spot. It's like four or five teams literally battling for the last spot, and you can't afford to lose any games. It'll be interesting to see who gets in, the tiebreakers and all. Last but not least, the Seahawks visits the Rams. The Rams wins 20-10. to 10. And this was the game where the Seahawks needed to stay alive, and they've been all but eliminated. Russell Wilson, 17 to 31, 156 yards, no touchdowns in the pick. But Dallas had the touchdown or a touchdown off of eight carries, 41 yards. Rams, Matthew Stafford, 21 to 29, 244 yards, two touchdowns and a pick. Of course, Cooper Cup. Catches the two touchdowns off of nine carries, nine receptions, excuse me, 136 yards. But can we say something that the the relationship between Pete Carroll and Russell Wilson has gone beyond sour? It's, it's over, finished. If they don't make the playoffs, which they will not, they're done. They're, they're done with each other. And I can see Russell Wilson going somewhere like possibly the Giants. Somewhere closer to home, a, 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 a team that really needs a quarterback, possibly the Redskins, 
uh, possibly the Panthers. I mean, he can go anywhere and shine, you know, new lease on life and whatever else. But it's safe to say that the Pete Carroll, Russell Wilson relationship is over. Pete Carroll, the game then passed him by. You know, he's in a division full of coaches that are more advanced. And he hasn't seemed to gotten with the times. Yep. But tonight, the Niners play the Titans. We, we go to Nashville to kick off week 16 and visit the Titans. And I think my boys will win it. I think it will be probably a lower scoring game. And I think, um, you know, the Titans will fight hard, but I think we will have more than enough running the ball. I think us running the rock will be too much for them. And I think we will win it. And I think, you know, we can bait them in a couple of turnovers and seal the deal and we win this game, but we will see, you know, crazier things have happened, but I'm confident we will win this game. And, that's my prediction for tonight's game for my boys. Pre-Christmas game. And this concludes our episode of the Mad Nucleus Podcast. And thank you all for listening. And make sure you sign up to Anchor and Spotify. All you need is your email and, and make up a password. And you're all in there. You're all set. And that's that. Until next time, folks, peace, I'm out.